This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey, traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step, and this is Limit Up. This is where we talk with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Today, we have our host of the market forecast and senior performance coach, John Hoagland. John, how are you? I'm good, Eddie. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for being here today. Always a pleasure. Now, John, if you remember back in the day uh, when Open Outcry was the only game in town and when the trading floor was your city and that 12 by 12 square on the floor was your office. Uh, trading was much different. There's a lot more physicality. These are days that I'll never forget. Well, anybody that was in that uh, that realm and in that time period will never forget it. It was a it was a unique space in a unique time, and uh, you know we've had to move on since then. And of course, you know the people who had jobs on the trading floor, those you worked with, and the good friends that you had. Besides you, my good friend, there was this kid named Ben Lichtenstein. All right, and. Uh, I knew him as a real hard worker. He was always in the middle of some of the biggest pits the CME and the CBOT had to offer. You know, looking back, I, I think I've, I've known Ben for maybe three decades, and I had the opportunity to ask him to join us here on our Limit Up podcast. Yeah, between uh, Ben, yourself, and uh, me, we've got about 100 years of experience in, in trading. That's that's kind of scary. That, that is kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> so it's really cool that you had the opportunity to talk to him. You know, when we're not on the floor anymore, we kind of bump into each other here and there. It's good that you had the opportunity to spend some time with him. Right. Cool guy, cool guy. But, you know, I, I talked with Ben, and I asked him to come on, on the podcast, and you know, he's pretty excited about it. We tossed around some of the ideas that we had back and forth, and uh, then we agreed on one important topic. You know, the one that seemed to get left behind with, a lot of traders. Yeah. People seem to think it's all about uh, just making money or technical analysis. There's a lot of things people miss. You know, and today our topic is something that they miss. And and the thing is, too, it comes back to haunt me, too. Does it come back to haunt you? It's all, it's always something to keep in mind and something to uh, to work on and work with. Right. Our topic today is trading with and without emotions. Uh, and what a great subject it is, because no matter what, whenever you have risk on, emotions are going to be a part of your decision-making process and how you respond to that that environment all the time. You know what? That's key. That's key. Either the do or die, uh, making it or breaking it. You know, John, I'm asked a lot about what are the secrets of trading or help me, I, I need to become successful or what are some of the time-tested methods that uh, helped you out? Well, you know what? They all really rally around emotions. And I'm sure you hear a lot about this in your coaching as well. Well, we're all human beings, Eddie. We all experience emotions. There are those that believe you can control those emotions through breathing, anything like that. There's also you know, the school that says you can learn to use those emotions to your benefit. If you're feeling afraid, what do you think everybody else is feeling? Oh, yeah. Completely agree. Oh, John, are you ready for a fantastic interview? I most certainly am. All right, cool. Without further ado, trader, broadcaster, internet TV host, Ben Lichtenstein. Ben Lichtenstein, 
is host of the show Futures with Ben Lichtenstein on the TD Ameritrade Network. After 25 years of working on the trading floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, Ben decided to take his passion to the markets and the price discovery process to broadcast internet TV. Now, Ben's been a guest on many of the popular news shows, including CNBC, Bloomberg TV, Bloomberg Radio, and has been published in numerous periodicals, including Futures Magazine, Stocks and Commodities, and as a member of the team of broadcasters and producers at the TD Ameritrade Network, Ben is able to bring market-relevant and trade-applicable information to traders of all levels of expertise. Would you please welcome Ben Lichtenstein? Ben, how are you? Wonderful. It's a pleasure to be with you here today, Eddie. Really looking forward to the uh, this session. Yeah, this, this is just for us getting together. Let me just sort of set the table um, for our listeners, for the traders out there. Now, Ben, I think I mentioned this before. We've known each other for probably three decades. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. It's It's been a long time, that's for sure. Yes. And, and you know, we've seen historical events in trading. Uh, we've been part of historical events mm-hmm. in trading. And later on, we're going to talk about that. Um, but I, I just want to say thanks for being here. Again, Eddie, really a pleasure. Uh, I look forward to being part of it. And, uh, you know, we got a lot to talk about here today and some really important stuff too. And, and you know, just in terms of reminiscing, as you're talking about it, Eddie, I got, I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear. You know, I have a smile just across my face. It reminds me again of, you know, back in the days of yelling and screaming at each other. We were just talking to the people in the office here about how it's, it's sad that that scene is gone. You know, it was what it was and, and it no longer is, but uh, it was great to share that with you. And, and it's interesting to, to kind of come full circle and be a part of this now as well. I always say good people in this business attract good people. So it's, it's nice to come full circle again with you. Well, it, you know what? Let both us good people go out for a good people lunch one of these days. <laughs> Look forward to it. All right. Well, Ben, let's, let's dive right into it. And uh, let, you know, the topic that we talked about, you know, we sort of uh, ran back and forth some topics and, and so forth. And uh, just from our experience, what would be the best topic that we could sort of break down, um, dissect, put under microscope, and at least give you the best advice we could possibly be? And what we've got, we're going to be talking about trading with and without emotions. And emotions is a very important perspective on, uh, you know, how you trade, uh, when you trade, and how good and how bad you trade. No question. Now, Ben, emotional reaction, uh, of course, that's human nature. We're all guilty of this, uh, not saying it's a crime, but pointing to the fact that we all do it. We all have it. We all use it. And sometimes we could have thought things out before letting emotions grab the reins. Now, I, for one, was working for First Chicago, and on the desk, I was working the S&P's and I tried to play an order that turned into an error, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I still, you know how that works. But see here, mm-hmm. the thing is that it used to be like phone clerks and pit clerks. It was like, you know, no, I'm right. No, pit clerk. No, I'm right. No, you were wrong. No, you're wrong. You know what that was about. Right. Um, so the finger pointing. But anyway, uh, yeah, I took control of the situation, which I made a bad decision with emotions. Keep, keep in mind when you're talking emotions, oftentimes it is a bad decision. You know, if it's an emotional decision, it oftentimes is a bad one, but go ahead. Eddie. Right. No, you know, and, and I tried to play the error. I, I yeah. tried to make better of uh, the, the losing situation. Trade, right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, I probably didn't have an error with, you know, in a year or so. So I wanted to keep the string alive, but that was a bad choice. $16,000 yeah. later, 
uh, I get a good talk from my floor manager, and it made me think this one out. Now, now, Ben, what's the least smart emotional trading decision you've made and you've experienced? Uh, you know, I, I think um, mine goes back to, I was going to say, Eddie, we all have one or two or three of those that really stick with us, you know, that hurt real bad and they're, they're, they're deeply rooted in our memories. But um, for me personally, it was uh, one of my you know, first trades uh, that I ever placed uh, back when I had opened up a small trading account. I was a runner, uh, moving my way up to being a phone clerk on the floor. And um, I used to trade mid-amp bonds. They were half the size of the uh, uh, the big bonds. I think it was like $16 a tick, 16 and a quarter or something like that. And, um, you know, back in the day, the bonds only ticked 10 ticks, roughly. You know, it was a 10 tick range. You could basically bank on that. And a 30 tick range, Eddie, back in the day was maybe once or twice a year, okay, in the bonds. And you're talking one point in the bonds. Nowadays, that that's one point is is a daily range, if not more than that, is average range, I think, for the most part. But anyway, back in the day, you know, I was basically trying to scalp two, three, four ticks here. And I got myself in a situation, I remember I was short and the bonds were rallying and they just kept going against me. And I held the position all day long, uh, all the way into uh, the two o'clock close and basically throughout the evening session. And it, it did not get better. It, the, it was like, you know, I had the, like somebody giving me a, a sucker punch in the gut, you know, and you knew it going into it. The feeling was kind of like you said, I don't want to have an error. I want to keep the streak going. I was thinking along the lines more of, hey, I don't want to take a $250 loss which turned into a $500 loss, which turned... And again, I, these were small, not large numbers here that I'm talking about. I was just getting started. But but yeah, that's the memory that kind of sticks with me in terms of uh, a decision that I knew I should have gotten out of, but but just stayed in a trade, you know, because I was emotional about it. I, I didn't want to have a losing trade that day. Sure enough, I didn't have a losing trade that day. I had a losing trade the next day, but it was twice as bad as it had been if I'd just taken it the day before. You know, they, they say you're your gut instinct is often the right instinct, you know, and this certainly was the case. It was, it was a lesson learned in terms of, uh, you know, kind of going against your better judgment and how you don't make good decisions when you're trading emotionally based. Right. You know, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to put out the big picture. We're not pitting, no pun intended, uh, pit trading versus electronic trading. What we're doing is we're trying to pull out the emotion factor of just making that decision. Mm -hmm. We've been in the business long enough, Ben, to recognize there are some things other than market direction, knowledge based abilities, a recognized market, the opportunity that can derail a trader's whole day, a week, a month, and sometimes, uh, you know, even more and <laughs> knock them completely out of the game. And consistent is something forever knocking at the door for us to let it in. Now, emotions. You know, we're talking about that right now. That little voice in your head that's telling you something isn't right and you need to do something about it. Uh, go away. You know, we used to talk about that and goof around about that on the trading floor about uh, mm -hmm. what the little voice tell you to do now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in short, has it affected your journey in trading? You mentioned the pit trades and coming back the next day. Confidence. I mean, it could knock you off the horse. Uh, it could ruin the confidence. You come back the next day and you still might have that emotional trade that we wish we had mulligans. Yeah, that baggage. Right. Now, how did you get past that? <laughs> um, you know, Eddie, there's a few different ways. Personally, I, I worked past it the wrong way. You know, I tried to push through it. I tried to eliminate emotions 
from my trading. You know, there are a couple of things. One thing I thought of a minute ago before I get into the, what I was just thinking in terms of the emotions, you know, you, you were talking about the trading floor and the old saying is you're only as good as your last trade. You talked about the voices right. on your shoulder. You're only as good as your last trade is, is the way I worked through it, Eddie. I kept saying, okay, I just got to have a winning trade next. I got to have a winning trade next. More winning trades, more. And that was the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I, I tried to push through it, basically. And, you know, rather than embrace it right. and rather than kind of learn from it, because, you know, it's not a trading isn't about work harder. It's, a, it's about work smarter. And I know that's awfully cliche, but it's a very true thing. Emotions are a very necessary part of the decision making process. But what you need to do is rather than eliminate emotions is you need to understand them, embrace them, anticipate them. So we can actually turn emotions, which are oftentimes, and for many traders, a very negative thing. We just talked about that. We spend the first you know, 10 minutes now talking about kind of the negative aspects of emotions, but there's ways to turn that around and become a very, turn them into a very positive thing. And rather than you know, turn that negative energy into a positive energy and constructive energy, because emotions are basically energy. Uh, you know, they're your, the thoughts that go through your mind, your fears, your, your, your wants, your desires, your needs. And ultimately, through the years and, and through that individual trade and the years of continuing to repeat that mistake over and over again, repeating emotional trades that were working against me and thinking, oh, I can just do better. I can work harder, work harder, work harder. That wasn't the case. What I needed to do and eventually did do was I learned how to manage and, again, anticipate and ultimately become a more mature trader. You know, you're never going to remove the, the emotional aspect or the, the, the emotions from the decision-making process. And as I said, again, philosophers and, and higher-ups, trade coaches and educators say, hey, this is an essential part of the decision-making process and can be, you know, turned and, and used and made into a very positive thing. You know, Ben, key word you said there, manage, management. Mm -hmm. No question. Easy to say, hard to do. And, mm -hmm. and, and that goes for a lot in trading. A lot of educators, psychologists, you know, giving you a guideline, giving you direction. But when the situation arises, you're in a situation where it's like, oh, what do I need to do? You know, then just having the experience trading and being involved, I still have that emotion, not knocking on my door, banging on my door. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes uh, I forget to keep the door locked and it does come in <laughs> and, you know, it, it's a little too late. But the thing is, from just experience, I can catch it before it really gets out yeah. of control. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the process that uh, a lot of traders need to know is, you know, when this situation arises, like you said, you know, uh, be ready for it. Don't let it sneak up on you. Uh, yeah. Look ahead. It's like driving on the highway. I don't watch the car in front of me all the time. Obviously, I do. But I look 100 yards down, 200 yards down. Mm -hmm. You know, if anything is, you know, obstructive, I'm going to be ready for it. And that's how you sort of got to think in trading, you know, with the option of maybe those emotions uh, taking over your trades. Uh, no question. Ed. You know, what I'm hearing you talk about, you said, you know, managing the emotions and, and the word manage. I think a lot of that comes from, and, and where a lot of traders fall short is a routine, a, a regular, consistent routine. I mean, we all spend time, Eddie, charting and looking at the graphs and the line charts and the RSIs and the, and the moving averages. And we spend hours doing that. How many of your listeners are actually putting an equal or even a fraction of the amount of time into their emotional maturity and, and managing their emotions? You know, you mentioned how your emotions, they, they knock on the door, they're banging on the door, they come in frequently. 
Now, less and less so frequently, or less intensely, it sounded like you said. But for me, what, what I think of as becoming a better trader is, yes, the less that I let them in, in that kind of negative way, the more that I'm ability, it's going to happen, Eddie. We all have emotions. It's going to happen. You know, it, it, you're never going to be a perfect trader. The goal is to just slowly work to becoming a better and better trader all the time. You know, there's no such thing as perfection. Um, you know, part of what, what the process, again, along the lines of, of building a routine is you have to kind of unlearn your old process before you can relearn your new. There's, for me, I, I kind of equate this or take this back to when I was getting really involved in triathlons. And the worst thing for me was the swim. Most people struggle with the swim. So I, I, I took a class in swimming, actually. It's called uh, a Total Immersion. And basically, it says, look, the old way you learned isn't the right way to do it. You've got to unlearn that and learn this new method. And that happens through the process. I thought at the end of this class, at the end of a two-day class, I'd be in the pool just banging out effortless strokes. Wasn't the case. What I was given was a, a set of tasks, of drills. And that helped me with the muscle movement and the muscle memory. So I relearned a new stroke, basically. The routines, for example, a routine that I like in terms of managing emotions and 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 not letting them in the door as often in a negative way. I look to turn that negative energy into something positive, as I mentioned, by journaling throughout the day. What a great way. Keep a pad of paper right there at your desk and write down the thoughts and the feelings that you're having. For me, Eddie, these feelings, as I mentioned before, they're deeply rooted. They come from my childhood as yours and, and every one of our listeners right now. These are feelings that come from your childhood, ultimately, in my opinion, and what I've learned through my counseling and, and the teachings that I've, in terms of the study as far as emotions go. But mine, personally, are going to be different than yours. And yours are going to be different than anyone else's out there. Because your childhood, you as a person are different. And that's why trading for everyone is so different. You know, And, and so getting back to the routine, my personal routine was I, I tend to overtrade. Because when I was a kid, my mom, she had five of us. You know, We were all tugging at her, at her I jokingly say, her, her skirt and say, mom, 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 mom. She'd go, get out of here. Go play in the backyard. Go do something. Go hang out with your friends. Go do this. Go do that. She's trying to make dinner and manage everything, you know, single mom. So for me as a trader, I want to go do stuff. I want to go put a trade on when I shouldn't. I want to go move a stop or a limit order or, you know, man, over manage. And so I need to, to put a pen in my hand instead of a mouse. And I need to write, hey, I feel like I should move this stop. But, but what I'm doing there, Eddie, I've planned the trade out already. I, there's no reason to move the stop. It's coming from that feeling that I need to do something. Instead, I'm turning that, that thought it, the thought, the energy associated with moving right through my arm into my fingertips and onto the, the, the through the pen and onto the paper, instead of through my mind and through my arm, my fingertips to the mouse, and then I'm clicking and changing the plan, and all of a sudden I'm I'm in I'm doing things that I didn't intend on doing originally. Now, don't get me wrong; if these are legitimate feelings, and and you can see that in your journaling, are these reoccurring thoughts? And as you look back at your journal entries, you'll see, hey. I overmanage trades, or I have fear that I should be doing something, or I have you know, fear that I'm missing out, or there's a lot of emotions that you'll see, but you'll see reoccurring ones. And that, the process of the routine helps you kind of expose those, identify them, anticipate them, as I mentioned before, manage them. And ultimately, it's just one step to kind of you know, handling emotions. Actually, Eddie, back in the day, one thing I used to do is I, I took an old mouse, you know, a broken mouse, I cut the cord on it, and just put the thing right on my desk there. 
And, and I'd get fidgety and fucksy and I'd want to move a stop. I'd be watching the book and all the orders moving in the tray and I'd grab that mouse and just start clicking it with my finger. And it was, it was just a way to release the negative energy. Oh, yeah. It can be a game. It can turn into uh, gamification. Uh, it's just so easy to click that button. It's like playing slots. Just, yeah. you know, you put in 20 bucks and tap, 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 nothing. Damn. Right. Put another 20 bucks in. Tap, tap. I know. I know. I know this because my wife is a professional. She's the queen of slots. But anyway, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about that. We talk about one of the things you mentioned is being positive. OK, yeah. sure. You know, yeah. positive mental attitude, PMA. Mm-hmm. You've got to have that as soon as you step out of bed, before you turn your computers on, before you start looking at stuff, uh, before you check your previous day trades, you got to have a positive mental attitude. You got to come into the game clear thoughts, mm-hmm. not leaning either way, left or right, buy or sell. And, and you got to do that. Another thing you mentioned that is gold is having that journal mm. and using it. It's huge for me. It's huge because what it is, is a diary of yeah. your trades, your emotions, your yeah. actions, um, what you were seeing. Um, you might even jot down some some fun stuff, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, what you're going to do with the kids or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I go see my parents or whatever it is. It's a positive use of your time between trades um, and highly suggest that is a tool that we should all be taking every day, every day, using it every day. Uh, Ben, talking about mature traders, what are some of the characteristics emotionally that mature, experienced traders possess? Well, Eddie, um, you know, one of them is the uh, ability to see the bigger picture. You know, I think as... Uh, newbie traders or not as mature mo- emotionally traders, we tend to kind of see the trees, not the forest. And some of that, I think, um, comes from not having confidence in your system. I mean, as a new trader, you don't really have the ability to show or the you know the positive expectancy, the, the confidence in the positive expectancy and the results that your system is going to provide you and the method that you're using is going to provide you. And so I think you tend to sort of forget or get sucked into what we had talked about earlier in terms of, hey, you're only as good as your last trade. That's not the case. In fact, your your last trade is, is very random in terms of uh, the reflection of your ability to trade or your ability to manage trade or do it properly. I mean, I've made money on trades, Eddie, that, that I've managed really poorly. I've made money on trades that I had no reason even being in, you know, and I've lost money on trades that I managed really well. But but ultimately, for me, it's as a trader, you know, I think a mature trader, one of the characteristics is the ability to kind of to say, hey, look, I may be in a bit of a rut right now or in a, a period that things aren't working the way I would like them to be. Or if I'm trading with the trend, for example, it's every time I get involved, the trend breaks or, or it discontinues or if I'm a counter trend trader, for example, hey, every fade that I've made continues in the direction of the trend. So I've gotten stopped out or I've had to take a loss. But to be able to look at that and not have that kind of stir up those emotions, those insecurities, those uh, um, you know things that are going to make you uh, either put on revenge trades or mismanage trade or uh, over trade or um, you know, add to a loser, for example, do the things that you're not supposed to be doing. So the idea that, hey, even though things don't feel good, and this is really a difficult time, I'm going to continue 
doing what I do because I know in the long run it works. You know, Eddie, I, I like to think of it a lot like, um, I think trading is a lot like baseball. You know, my son's big baseball. I won't get into details in terms of him right now, but I've learned over the years in terms of watching his experience that they're very similar. They're, they're both games of failure in many ways. I mean, you look at a, a, a 300 career hitter, uh, you know, you, you're in the Hall of Fame. You know, 330, 350 career hitter, you're in the Hall of Fame. That's considered very good. Most people don't think about, you know, 30% winners trading being very good. But if your risk reward is properly aligned, mm-hmm. that, that, that's, that's, again, your Hall of Fame. You know, that, oh, those are really yeah. good results, right? A lot of people think, oh, I need to have 70 winners, 30% losers. You know, not necessarily. You can, you can still lose money having 70% winners and 30% losers. You know, we're not going to have, I won't get into the math, but we all know what it is. And so, so long story short, again, the ability to kind of say, look, um, you know, to go to the plate and, and strike out and walk back to the dugout, Eddie, and go, hey, what did I do wrong there? And then next time you come to the plate, to not necessarily make major changes every single time because they small little tweaks here and there. But but to know that ultimately the core, what you're doing, it provides the positive expectancy is where I gain a lot of my confidence from. But ultimately, knowing that that what you're doing is the right thing to do, it's just not working out right now the way it should. But in the long run, it will continue to, you know, because t- as traders, we tend to get so caught up in, in the here and now and and. We want things yesterday, you know, more, faster. And so I think it's important just to kind of to, to see the forest, not the trees. And I think that's an important part of being an emotionally mature trader. You know, Ben, I tell you, if we don't fail, we don't learn. That's for sure. One of the stories that I like to tell is uh, was watching a uh, interview with uh, Willie Stargell from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Hall of Famer, 500 home runs, you know, fantastic baseball player. Interviewed, they asked him um, as he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, Willie, how did you hit so many home runs? And his answer was, I struck out a lot. Okay. <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, it, it's a spin on it. But the thing is, they asked him, you know, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, when you hit a home run, you're on the bases, you get back to the bench, uh, shake hands, uh, pat on the ass, whatever. When you strike out, <laughs> no one wants to talk to you. Right? Well, I mean, you're, you just sort corner. of go back into the yeah. dugout and you sit down and and you break it down. You know, hitting the home run, sure, one pitch. I don't even remember what he threw me before <laughs> that. I don't remember. I was, you know, uh, I'm in glory. But the thing is, he would break down yeah. his strikeouts. Yeah. You know, what did he throw me that first pitch? Could I have hit that? What was the second pitch? You know, it was an inside pitch. Uh, they called it first. And then I struck out. So uh, as a trader learning from uh, our failures, our errors, our mistakes is only going to make you stronger. So, I mean, you know, Ben, we were surrounded by a lot of locals on the trading floor, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and failure for them. Let's put it in perspective. Now, a a local, that was his job. Trade each and every day, try to make money, no matter what the value or how much you made during the day. A lot of traders, you know, paying mortgage, sending the kids to school, putting food on the table, uh, a car payment, you know, uh, whatever. There was a lot of stress there. And, you know, some of these traders on a losing day, they showed emotion. All right. Some of them you wouldn't know left or right right. if they had a good day or a bad day, you know. And 
I mean, it, it sort of goes hand in hand with electronic trading. Uh, one of the things that uh, electronic traders might be doing, you know, cussing, swearing, uh, you know, stressing out, right. maybe even punching their monitor, you know, breaking, breaking their keyboard, whatever it was. And see, in the pit, what would happen was you just punch the guy next to you. You know, I mean, it was emotional. We'd see those fights. You know, we'd see emotion. Most of the guys really never held it in. You know, you'd know somebody had a bad day. So what we got to do is we've got to sort of, once again, talk about positives. Yeah. And learn from these. And as Ben said, put them in your journal. Put them in your journal so you know about them. So if they do come up again, if you do have that same situation, and what did I do last time? What, how did it play out? You might use it for reference. Use that for reference. Get yourself better. And uh, totally got to agree with uh, what you said there, Ben. Now, I want to ask you, what did it take before you understood importance of controlled emotions, controlled emotions. Uh, it took, uh, you know, many failures. Like you were just saying, it took the, um, you know, Eddie, it, it, it took multiple trading accounts for one, you know, no shame in that. I, I think anyone who doesn't, uh, uh, admit that they blew out an account either hasn't been trading long enough or is just not being honest. Um, you know, for the most part, very few haven't, there's no shame in that. And, learning what not to do and, and also lining up with the right people. Eddie, you know, I mentioned at the top of the hour here that um, good people in this business attract good people. And I was lucky enough to actually have good people, you know, uh, the resources and, and access to. And one of the people that I uh, um, started working with helped me out a lot in terms of um, coaching and eventually getting me in touch with a uh, trade therapist, or uh, uh, it actually it started out as you know thirty minute sessions. Uh, it was very similar to like you know a sitting on the couch type situation. The only thing is it was over the phone, but we would talk about uh, wants, needs, fears, desires. She got to know me, and through you know years of working with this woman, woman, and many many dollars later, which every penny was worth uh, you know its weight in gold. But um, certainly. Uh, I, I learned and uh, realized how important this was going to be and, and how necessary it was for me and, and, and started to actually see the benefits. You know, you had talked about, you know, kind of some of the emotional aspect and, and getting riled up and the, and the physical, you know, where you either kind of pound your hand on the desk kind of from, from, you know, one end of the spectrum all the way to, as you mentioned, punching a screen, you know, to the other end of the spectrum. And, you know, it sort of made me think when you were saying that in terms of like, professional athletes, because that's what we were just talking about in terms of sports. Mm -hmm. And you never see a guy, okay, I don't want to say never, you never say never, but you rarely see a guy, you know, hardly ever see a professional athlete, you know, throw the bat down into the dirt uh, in the batter's box or, you know, whip something, his helmet on the ground. You see that, you know, but it's, these guys manage their emotions, professional elite athletes, professional elite traders do the same through not only journaling, like we've talked about, but the ability to have focal points, you know, like the ability to kind mm -hmm. of slow things down before they get to that level. You know, one thing that, that great hitters do actually, and, and pitchers as well, is they have these focal points. You know, they have these places on the field that they can look to, to kind of bring them back to that Zen moment, that, that you know, that inner sort of that reset. And this helps them avoid getting to that point where, where they kind of lose it and, and they get, they go rogue or they go on tilt you know, as I like to think of. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, for me, focal points, like I used to have a, a trading card that at the, at the beginning of the day, 
I, I would write down and I would say, or at, at the beginning of the week at times, but if need be on a more regular basis, I'd write down lighthearted things. Like it's not over till the fat lady sings. You know, just sayings that kind of revert, got me back to a less intense kind of spot and uh, a reset, as I said before. And it would help me remember, hey, this trade's not going in my favor right now. It's against me, but I'm not stopped out. And I've got my level that I, that I, that's my invalidation point. If the market gets to that point, I don't want to be in this trade anymore, but I'm going to look at my focal point instead of moving my stop or adding to a loser or, or doing something that I shouldn't be doing. I'm going to remember, you know, hey, it's not over till the fat lady sings. I got a lot, I got, you know, 20 ticks left until I get stopped out. That that's, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you know? And, you know, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, real quick, Eddie, I know I, I get off on a little tangents here and there, but about what you notice when you become a more emotional trader is one of those things is, again, the ability to sort of avoid getting to that point, you know, to anticipate that it's coming your way and, and see it sort of coming down the pipe. And through the process of that, you set achievable goals, you know, you, you're able to manage your money more properly. There's a lot of benefits to managing emotions and learning how to do that. And again, as I said, for everyone, it's a little different, but I, I think it starts with some of the very basics. Like you mentioned, when I come in every morning before the trading day, at the top of my journal, I would always write down on a scale from one to 10, where I am emotionally, where I am in terms of just my, my mental psyche, sort of. What's my psychological capital, I used to call it. What level do I have? Because there's some days you had an argument with the with the taxi driver or the you know, you know, your significant other or one of your kids before school and, and you come in and you're just not in the right mindset. So I'd be a three or a four, you know, hey, I want to avoid trading when my mind's like at a two, three or a four. And oh, got to agree. Or yeah, the other days, yeah, the other days where you might be at a nine, you're on cloud nine, you're euphoric, you know, I'm in a great mood. I'm in the zone. You know, I want to, I want to be a little bit more aggressive today. Maybe, you know, I want to, I, I really am, I'm dialed in. And I've got nothing, you know, on my mind that's worrying me or weighing on me. Let's just focus on trading. So, so I would have that rating, you know, that psychological capital rating that that I would really use in a big way to kind of base where I was and how aggressive I can be. And just another sort of thing, Eddie, giving us a heads up in terms of, you know, what is your psychological position right now and where does it stand? Because ultimately it's going to have a major impact in some of the decisions you make, you know, and, and lastly, in terms of this thing, I think it's really important, Eddie, in terms of how you treat yourself away from the screens ultimately is going to be a reflection of how you treat yourself in front of the screens and, and directly the results you get. You know, I mean, if you're sitting out there, you know, every night staying up late and, and bellying up to the bar, you know, what are you going to expect when you belly up to your desk the next day? You know, I mean, <laughs> continuations more likely than change. Don't get me wrong. You, you know, all work and no play you know, makes Ben a dull boy, but, you know, and all of us, but, but you've got to be taking care of yourself physically, mentally, if you expect to, to get something out of this machine, what, what are you putting into it? You know, diet wise, uh, uh, you know, not only nutrition, but, but it's important to unwind, you know, you, right. we all are, are so, so tightly wound as traders, you got to take vacation, you got to, you know, read a book here and there, slow things down a little bit, because otherwise it wears on you, you know, this is a really right. difficult, uh, it's no wonder why 90% or 90, I think it's more like 97% of the people that, that try and trade actually fail or lose money, you know? You know, Ben, you're not only the driver of the race car, you are the race car. Ah, no You've question. You've got to look at it. You've got to look at it's it like that. And at it, yeah. good emotion, bad emotion, 
how am I set up for the day? Uh, you know, the professional successful trader will be the one, like, like you mentioned, you know, uh, having an argument with your significant other or seeing a bill in the mail, mm -hmm. uh, tough to pay or mm -hmm. you know, something that's holding you down. And you actually being true to yourself, being honest with yourself and saying, you know what, uh, my mental capacity right now is probably not good. Um, you know, I'll sit back a little bit. Uh, we'll let the dust kick up. Maybe I'll catch the market uh, a little later in the day and I'll, and I'll, and I'll check. I'll go yeah. through my checklist yeah. and I'll check on myself. And once again, you really got to be honest with yourself because I stress the point that as traders, this is your business. This is your storefront. Uh, <laughs> you want to see success. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want to have to put going out of business sale. Nobody wants to see it. You know, I, I tell you, I drive past a place and I see that and it, I don't know, it's me, but I get sad and I'm yeah. like, wow, there was somebody's dream that, it, you know, has failed. And, you know, all the best to that person. I hope something kicks back. But if you look at it the same way, you're going to play on your good emotions. You're going to know where that red flag is when you start having the bad emotions, making bad decisions in trading, good emotions, bad emotions, putting themselves in front of our rules uh, and trading executions. Now, Ben, has this ever been a factor uh, in your career or have you seen something that you can relate to us? Yeah, I mean, Eddie, it is an ongoing process. You know, I think that, you know, what I was thinking of when you mentioned that, it's I think it's really important. And, and as I told you before, for me, I tend to want to overtrade or man overmanage positions. I need to kind of remember when, when my emotional psyche or my my psychological capital isn't at the level that I'd like it to be. Whether the bill and the mail came in, and I feel like I need to make a little more money today than I than I you know normally do, or I'm kind of pushing things a little because I didn't expect that fifteen hundred dollar you know car payment or whatever or, or repair or something that that I have to cover this month, but. I need to remember ultimately that flat is a position, you know, because um, mm -hmm. there's always another day to come back, Eddie. You know, I mean, assuming you're managing your money properly. Now, don't get me wrong. Flat as a position doesn't pay bills, okay? Ultimately, you're going to need to trade in order to make money. There's no question. And you're going to need to have losing trades in order to make money. That, that's something else that I think, you know, is really important. And, and getting back to what I was talking about in terms of seeing forests versus trees, I always thought of like a losing trade. We've talked about it like the 70% of the time that you walk away from the batter's box, chin in your chest, you struck out, you ground out, you fly it out, whatever it is, you're going to learn from that experience. But I always thought of a losing trade as similar to like, if you own a construction business, it's kind of like, hey, you got to put gas in the machinery, you know, bulldozer, the, the forklifts and all this other stuff, you know, in order to get the job done to invoice your clients and, and paying that money out you know, the, the gas, the, the repairs, the mechanics, this, that, and the other thing, keeping your equipment maintained properly, you know, having the right tool for the job is going to cost you money. And, and I equate that kind of back to similar to like losing trades. You know, I mean, people always talk about there's a tuition, you know, as a newbie trader, you got to kind of pay the price. You're going to have losses and that's, that's how you're going to learn. And, you know, there's an expense associated with trade, you know, one exactly. of its commissions, but also right. the other is just, you know, the downside to trading, which is losing trades. It's you're not going to have all winning trades. And, you know, for me, understanding that and learning that and kind of embracing that and realizing that that's what a real part of trading is. It's, it's not about, you know, winning trades only. And so, 
So loss is a big part of trading, just like we mentioned you know, a few minutes ago in terms of um, failure is a big part of trading and baseball and sports in general. But certainly that was something that I had to kind of learn how to um, incorporate and, and, and understand. And, um, and having done so, I'm, I'm a better trader. Right. And keeping on the lines of being positive, if you can take those uh, losses or those costs, those are natural costs yeah. uh, for education, advancing yourself. You know, you, you are going to pay for it. I mean, I think one of the top things is uh, the fallout for a trader is accepting losses. I mean, it took me a long time before I could say, OK, you know what? Down so much here. Done for the day. I'll come back tomorrow. That's, you know, that's one thing with trading is there's no in basket, no out basket. <laughs> and you have to you have to sort of uh, you know separate yourself from yeah. what I did yesterday, what I did two days yeah. ago. Uh, look ahead. What can I do now? Is there an opportunity? Are there possibilities? Uh, that is going to get you to the, the the promised land, the land of success. Uh, it'll get you closer to where you want to be. That's for sure. Sure. Yes. Sure. Now, Ben, you know, I, I tell you, a lot of traders ask me, you know, I want to hit that land of opportunity. I want to be yeah. successful. I want to be there. Um, you got any hints? You got any tips? You got what do you, you know? And <laughs> obviously, I think all of us that are trading or have experienced trading know that there's, you know, they, they call the, the holy grail uh, in trading, at least in trading, there is no holy grail. And, you know, if you think there is, I, I'm sure Ben, myself, uh, will back it up saying, you know what, uh, the isn't. holy grail is a myth. Yeah. You know, but there are tools. Yes. There are tricks. Uh, there are things that you can sidestep when there is an error coming at your head, like a fat 90 mile an hour fastball. Um, I'm not going to sit there and let it hit me. I'm going to move um, no matter how quick or how slow I am. I'm going to try to do my best. Now, Ben, talking about the tricks, tools that we can use to help us harness our emotions, all right, and make us do better. What do you use to help you get a desired goal? Well, you know, for me, it's really important as a trader to be able to understand trend and to, to be able to understand price. And ultimately, I, I think that once you can do that, you can build a strategy to try and take advantage of some of those opportunities that the price probing process presents. Um, you always hear about people in terms of their learning process as far as trading and and as they work their way up. You were talking about looking for the holy grail and and you know as they look for the quote unquote kind of guru you know that's out there who's going to send me the the winning trade through my uh, you know and my by email every day or by text and and it's going to mm -hmm. be you know just put it on and close it out. It's going to be great um, helicopter in my backyard like all the e trade commercials and all that you know but but it's not the way it is trade, it, it, you know, we talked about some of the risk associated with trade and how big a component loss is. You know, we've also talked about emotion. For me, understanding price is really where it all kind of uh, uh, roots from. You've got to understand price before you can make up or create a system. And we've talked about how every trader is an individual and their wants and needs and desires are a little different. So ultimately, that's where I think that, um, you know, if, if you're not really learning the nuances of price, you're going to have a difficult time learning how to trade just based on trend lines and head and shoulders patterns and breakouts and um, because there's a lot more to it than that. So for me, 
I think the understanding, the ability to kind of learn how to identify trend, how to favorably position with trend, um, know when I'm right and know when I'm wrong, having done so, basically that filters back into what we were talking about in terms of the emotions because it it requires a less emotional approach towards trading. Like, for example, Eddie, getting back to what we were talking about, how we always used to say the joke on the floor is only, you're, you're only as good as your, your last trade. So you'd walk off the trading floor, you, you had a winning day, hey, you were a winner. If you had a loser, you were on, you, you know, bummed out, headed home, and what was coming the next day, you didn't know. Well, you know, once you have a system and, and an approach that provides you that positive expectancy, like we were talking about, and once you can manage your emotions properly, a lot of that kind of ups and downs with, you know, close connection or personal aspect of trading kind of goes out the door because you start to see, again, as we were talking about before the forest, not so much the individual trading day or the individual trade. And you start to, to, to realize, okay, it's not only as good as your last trade. We're talking about, you know, a systematic approach towards taking advantage of reoccurrences that occur on a regular basis. So while it may not necessarily be working out for me right now, again, as we said before, over the long haul, I think it will. For me, you know, that came from really being able to identify trend, the, the understanding of once you can identify trend, continuation is more likely than change is the way I like to think of it. Other people say trend is your friend. You know, that was another big saying that we always heard on the trading floor. But being able to, to, to work towards that and learn price and then kind of understand trend, figure out how to favorably position myself with it when I'm right, when I'm wrong. Hey, that all sort of helped me kind of distance myself or take losing trades a little less personally or manage them better and not necessarily, you know, soar with the eagles on my winning days or, you know, be down in the gutter or kind of kicking, you know, uh, trash around on my walk home, you know, kind of ho-hum on my losing days. You know, it's just, it's, it's finding the middle ground and sort of uh, um, minimizing some of those ups and downs and those extremes. One more thought here, Eddie, in terms of this idea, I used to trade in the middle and live my life on the extremes. I always say, I, f- I finally learned how to trade on the extremes and live my life in the middle because the alternative was too exhausting. You know, I was just, I was putting trades on, they'd be a little bit of a winner, a little bit of a loser, a little bit of a you know, and I, you know, going out and acting crazy all night long and, you know, as a young kid and doing all that stuff. And it was exhausting. I learned, you know, as, as I became more mature and, and a better trader, I wanted to be trading on the upper and the lower extremes, putting trade on away from where the market's chopping around. And, and I wanted to be, you know, kind of a, a living life more in the middle so that I could have more energy for my trade. And it's a learning experience, to say the least, you know, this process right. that we go through. And then ultimately, what you need to do is is manage your capital properly so that you can withstand that long learning experience and the tuition that we talked about. And you don't just basically become one of the many, you know, one of the numbers of the guys that that ultimately had to go out there and get a real job. You know, I, I'm a half king when I say, but, you know, ultimately had to go back and, and, you know, do what they do because trading didn't work out for them. So you need to be able to sustain it over time. And a, a good friend of mine always used to say, manage your risk, manage your loss. Profits will take care of themselves if you can manage loss properly. And, you know, these are all things that ultimately, you know, come back and old traders that have withstood the test of time, I think would tell you are really important. Money management, you know, being able to identify trend, understanding price activity. And, um, you know, ultimately, as you've heard me already say, a big part of all this is the emotions too.
I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I, I've even heard about putting a post-it note over your PNL. Yeah, uh, on your monitor. You That's know? a great so another trick, right? Similar to like cutting the cord off a mouse or uh, journaling right. or whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, That's a great. Uh, trick. Another thing that uh, you know, guys in the pit. Uh, to keep control and not to trade wildly and, uh, you know, uh, lose the focus was, you know, a lot of the guys had buttons of their kids, mm-hmm. you know, on their jackets, mm-hmm. on their trading jackets. Mm-hmm. Focal um, point. Yeah. One of the things I suggest is, you know, if you're at your desk, have pictures of your loved ones, yeah. have pictures, yeah. uh, you know, of the kids. You know, I want to say it's going to help you. It's going to help you think more on a straight line uh, than trade like you're at a rodeo. Uh, You know, you're going to see that, you know, hey, there's a responsibility. Uh, I I need to keep my wit and I'm going to trade accordingly. Another thing is if you're having a bad day, if you're even having a good day, uh, you know, a lot of the traders on the floor and electronic, you know, hey, I'm going to go work out, you know. Um, Yes. Distance yourself from the screens a little. Right. You know, another thing too is, you know, you mentioned it, distance yourself. Uh, A lot of traders, I'm on the screen all the time, all that, right. you know what you need to separate, you need to deviate, uh, like on the weekends, you know, uh, always telling our, our friends and our traders that, you know, now it's family time. Okay. Focus on your family, whoever your family is, you know, it could be a fish in a jar. It yeah. could be, you've got 10 <laughs> kids at home, whatever it is, bond with your family, separate yourself from trading the stresses, uh, the, the highs, the lows, you need to refresh, you need to re-energize, you need to know what life is really about. And, you know, coming back after, you know, after the weekend, all right, let's go again. All right. Those are healthy things. And that sort of goes back to what you said is you got to be fine tuned. You've got to be mentally stable. Some of us, you know, stress the point of being physically fit. Yeah. So it's completely up to you. But anyway, you know what? I, I want to focus on something that really impressed the hell out of me. And when I heard it, I was like, damn, he I, is I know good. where you're headed with this. Flat, you're talking flash crash audio? Well, yeah, don't take my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, it's your thunder. But yes, the, the flash crash. That was what, 2010, right? May 6th? Yeah, yeah. The ES. Okay. Um, if you're listening to this and you have not heard it, you can Google it. Uh, it's the flash crash. And of course, my man, Ben, uh, did the play by play. And uh, you know, honestly, you know, I'm not blowing smoke anywhere. I was like, this is totally cool. And you know what? They, they've sort of titled it a riveting classic. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? It is. Uh, it is. It, you got to check it, it out. No. It didn't get me on Letterman, unfortunately, but it it is a must hear. Yes, I agree. It's uh, sure. It's a tense moment. It is. my. You know, it's exciting. You know, Ben is calling a horse race and a boxing match all at the same time. <laughs> That's a great way I, I to it, Eddie. It, it is. I mean, I'm like, man, he is just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So now, now we got people going, man, I got to check this out. <laughs> you do it because you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's entertaining. And it's like capital WTF. Well, it captured a moment in time, Eddie, you know, a very stressful kind of Uh, unprecedented moment in time. You know, I mean, we're all aware of the stock market crash, you know, uh, um, what was it? 87 crash, right? October 87, I think it was right. But this was different. Okay. This was, it happened in such a short amount of time and, and with such intensity and the magnitude was so enormous. It's a very unique 
audio clip to say the least. You can hear the intensity in my voice. I mean, just to give the the listener a, a little bit of a history, I used to do a play by play on the trading floor where I would basically communicate information to traders off the floor. As the e-mini and electronic trading started to become more and more popular, there was a, a information gap between what was happening in the pits and what people could see on their screens. And literally for a year or two, it was like a 20 second lag between what was actually happening. Mm, and that yeah. narrowed, you know, as the spreaders got involved and more people saw the opportunity that that presented. But I saw opportunity in terms of the ability to, to provide a service for traders to communicate this information to them. And for many, it was priceless um, because I could basically what I was doing, Eddie, was, you know, if you remember back in the day on the trading floor, when all the phones would ring, a guy only had two hands and two ears. So he put two phones to each one of his ears. Right. And basically, he could only talk with two customers at one time. I made it. So, so he would answer the call first for the most important customer. The one lock guy, you know, his phone could ring for, for five minutes before he got picked up. You know, if, if, You're if, not if, supposed if, to say that. Well, no, when it was intense, that's all you could it do. It was, you know exactly. I mean? You had, to, you, had sure. to, you know, sometimes you didn't lose track of who called first and what phone you had to answer next. But ultimately, you can only do so much or communicate so much information to so many people at the same time. Well, through the, the birth of the internet, some of the software that became available to us in technology, we were able to communicate the same amount of information to a guy that normally was number 100 on the totem pole as we were communicating to, to the guy that was normally getting information number one. So it was all coming out at the same time. And, and it really leveled the playing field in many ways for the at-home trader. Now, that playing field quickly shifted too as the pit became less and less mm -hmm. uh, you know, important or the driving factor in terms of what was moving price and more of the e-mini you know, did, but but certainly at that time. So anyway, the service that I used to provide again, a little bit of a, a long-winded explanation. Sorry, Eddie was was just this this information from the S and P pit to traders at home, and and yeah, that day as the flash crash was coming through, um, I had recently started out my relationship with TD Ameritrade, and you know the the markets just there wasn't for months there wasn't a lot to quote there, Eddie. And as this started to build, it was. Um, you know, if you remember, there were riots in the streets. I think it was in Germany at the time. Um, I can't remember exactly where it was, but in Europe, there was rioting and they were, there was a lot going on. It was a, it was a, an emotional and an intense moment. And yeah, we were able to capture it. And uh, yes, definitely check it out. W what a moment. And uh, certainly a great, great time. <laughs> I love looking back on it. That's for sure. Oh, sure. You know, Ben, you kicked it into gear right away. Share with us, give us a a view of some of the emotions that uh, you experienced that day? Oh, wow. Um, fear. You know, I mean, when you see the market going down that fast, that hard. Um, for me, Eddie, I think that's where a lot of the emotions kind of stem from, you know, is fear or desires, wants and needs. But but that day, certainly, you know, I actually don't trade on on really high energy days like that when the VIX, you know, spikes up and through 25. For me, I, I consider myself a bricklayer, you know, so I, I say, look, in a hurricane, you don't you don't look out your window and see that guy building a, a, a wall of bricks. You know, he, he's inside looking out the window going, man, I'm, I'm going to get back to work once things calm down a little bit. I always consider myself a bricklayer. So when it got that intense, I was just I, the other emotion that I had, Eddie, you know, similar to, to the emotion that I have when I'm trading is I want to do the best I possibly can. You know, I really felt this need to like communicate the information, you know, in, in, as concise and as accurately and 
and and really to bring out the emotion that we were feeling and the intensity that that was going on because you lose some of that you know that's one of the things that that kind of got me involved in providing the squat box was trainers would tell me hey you know i'm sitting here watching the screen at home and i'm falling asleep and i go oh, yeah well dial into this service i'll wake you up you know and, right. I, and I would i'd come at them with a machine gun style you, you called it it you know it was uh, calling a horse race, and, and at times, yeah, it was a, a boxing match also, you know, and certainly on that day it was. Um, it, there was a lot of fear, though, Eddie, what's to come? But there were many days like that on the trading floor. You know, that was just kind of part of the intense environment. Eddie, we lived in fear every day. We didn't know if we were going to come back, whether that they were going to still be open. You know, we, we, had, were, we had to. We yeah, had to. there were years. We just, we didn't know. You know, we all knew that, hey, if they wanted to, they could close the pits whenever they want, you know? And so, right. there were, you know, we always were fearful of, is the guy beneath you going to step up and, and take your job, you know, or is the guy going to get the trade before you do, you know, so the fear was a big part of what drove us. And um, yeah, it was an intense moment to say the least. I want to make sure that our listeners and our traders here know how to get in contact with you. Well, how can we, Ben? Well, the best way and probably the most efficient way is to um, just straight up hit me up on Twitter. You know, and that is uh, my Twitter handle is at Futures Ben. That's F-U-T-U-R-E-S-B-E-N underscore T-D-A-N. So Futures Ben underscore T-D-A-N. You can also email me if you want to. That's Ben.Lichtenstein at TDAmeritrade.com. I'll spell my last name for you. So you have it, L-I-C-H-T-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. So it's Ben.Lichtenstein at tdameritrade.com. Or you can check me out on the network. You know, we're doing a lot of really good work here, Eddie, uh, on the TD Ameritrade network. We had John on, as you know, the other day. John um, Oakland. He came down, yeah, he came down to the studio and we had a great interview. We were talking, um, um, you know, relevant price activity or recent price activity in, in, in some of the major markets. We're talking, uh, my show is at Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on the TD Ameritrade network. And if you don't have access to the platform to Thinkorswim or TD Ameritrade, you can just go straight to tdameritradenetwork.com. And uh, we're basically streaming live shows throughout the day, all day, every day now, Monday through Friday. Um, there's a lot of good work going on here, Eddie. I'm proud to be part of this team over here from production all the way down to, to content. I think your, your listeners would be impressed if they spend the time uh, or give us the time to check us out. And top-notch quality uh, pro level work in terms of what we're putting out and it's futures in the morning. And then I have a show in the afternoon that I do at 1 30 PM central time, which we call midday movers with Lichtenstein. It's a quick look, 30 minutes of, uh, we go through a couple of the futures markets that are on the move. And then we take a look at a handful of stocks. I have a couple guests that come on and we talk about the stocks that they're looking at, but it's mostly an intraday look. Uh, the future show is a little bit more of a bigger picture look at, at, uh, again, specifically directed towards futures markets. We're talking BS, NASDAQ, Dow, Russell. We're talking the indices, uh, you know, metals, uh, treasuries, energy markets. So uh, a lot of um, applicable and, and hard-hitting, factual, uh, good news content, certainly worthy of your uh, uh, listeners' participation. And I encourage anyone who has yet to, to definitely check it out. And Eddie, I, I want to let you know how much I appreciate um you inviting me to do this with you today. It was uh, nice to sort of revisit some of the, not only the memories from the pit, but also like, you know, I've been trading in a while since I've been uh, doing the work here at TD Ameritrade. So it's nice to revisit some of the uh, thoughts and feelings in terms of emotions and just getting back into that that process. I actually have been trading, but more stocks than 
than futures and stuff. Before, I hadn't traded any stocks, and it was all futures. So it's a little bit different, but certainly um, a reminder uh, of of how significant all of what we've been talking about in terms of emotions and just becoming a, a mature trader and kind of distancing yourself from some of the you know intensity that that it all involves. It's really essential uh, to do in terms of just developing and getting better. You know, like I said before, it's not that you're ever going to be perfect, but you know, we want to continue to work towards you know just being better and better all the time. Right. You know, I, I mentioned to some of our subscribers, some of our uh, traders in our Facebook uh, Top Step community that I'm doing a podcast with Ben. And it didn't take them too long to understand which Ben I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just want I to tip my that. cap and raise, raise my glass to you, partner. Uh, you know, it, it's like I said, three decades yeah. at least. Um, we've been through the ringer. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been to the top of the mountain and we've been, you know, sitting in the gutter. So we have experienced it. Eddie, real quick, right back at you, because this does not happen by chance. It's not random that both of us are sitting here and that the traders that you have listening to you, if they've, you know, been through the test of time and and this is not random. It comes, it happens because you're putting in the extra effort, you know, and, and that's the only reason, you know, so you and I and everyone that's out there that's listening, that's putting the extra effort, that's how you're going to get yourself where you want to be. You know, it's not a coin toss. This is not right. something that you can wish and will and want to happen. You can directly tie it back to the effort that you put into it. Right. Totally agree, brother. All right. Um, hey, before you go, I, I got an Eddie question for you. Shoot. Can I ask it? Yeah. All right. Now, not necessarily regarding trading, but what have you read online recently that has inspired you? Ah, Interesting. All right. Well, it actually, Eddie, it wasn't a uh, read online. It was actually something that I had listened to online. And okay. bear with me here. It was an interview that, uh, again, at risk of, of plugging the network again, that J.J. Kinahan um, did on his uh, Real Talk show. Real Talk with, uh, with J.J. Kinahan is, it, it was an interview that he did a while ago. And her name was Kahina Van Dyke. I might be mispronouncing the first name, but it's K-A-H, K-A-H-I-N-A, as far as I remember, Van Dyke. And she was talking about a lot of things, you know, in terms of being a, a leader in business. And But she talked about fear and she talked about bravery. And again, we're talking about emotions here. So this is why it, it came to mind as you asked the question. She said... And, and I've heard this before. It's kind of along the lines of a Babe statement or a Wayne Gretzky statement, you know. But she said, uh, bravery is, is not the absence of fear. Rather, it's the ability to manage it or to cope with it. And, you know, I, I completely subscribe to that. You know, um, I, you know, along the lines of what did Gretzky used to say? You're not going to make any of the shots you don't take. Or I think the babe would say, don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game, something along those lines. When she said this to me, it just sort of, you know, really fell into a, a good spot, you know, that because I've experienced this personally, but it also not only because I've experienced it so I can relate to it, but because it helped me sort of understand a little bit better, Eddie, and can therefore help me build on it. So yeah, I know it. I've heard it. I've experienced it. I can relate to it. But Hearing her say it, sometimes when people put things in words, you can actually then conceptualize that idea and then start to build on it even more than you would have been able to if you hadn't heard someone say that. So, um, yeah, that for me was really inspiring. And um, 
and so not a not a red, but uh, you know, audible and uh, and again, getting us back to the network and some of the good work we do here. But Eddie, I uh, uh, that was that's what came to mind right as you asked. I appreciate you sharing that. Put that in your journal. Put that on a post-it note. <laughs> yeah, Stick yeah. it on your monitor. Yeah, it's a focal so you point. see it. Yeah. It's a focal point. You got that right. But uh, Ben, it's been a pleasure, my brother. Um, from the pit open outcry to the uh, electronic trading. Uh, and, beyond. Really, <laughs> and beyond. And <laughs> beyond. I, I hope we can get back together again here soon. Like I said, there's a lot more. I know there's some more topics that we can uh, we could toss back and forth for our listeners. But otherwise, Ben, uh, all the best to you, my brother. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Take care, Ben. You too. And we're back. John, you know, what's great about this interview is both of us and also you uh, have experienced in bringing those raw emotions from the pits, the trading floor to the computer, electronic trading. And, you know, we share this with others, what we've learned uh, regarding emotions. Now, you know, on the trading floor, you'd get thrown into the fire. You know, there wasn't any, hold on, time out. You know, let's let's figure this out. There, there was no, there wasn't even a pause button. There wasn't a stop button. There wasn't a pause button, uh, but there was a fast forward. I think they had two fast forward buttons. Um, so, I mean, th- this was something that, you know, when we talk about emotions to the extreme, you know, put yourself in a situation when you were in the pit, fast market, you know, there wasn't time to think it was, what do I need to do at that, oop, two seconds ago? You know, yeah, and on the trading floor in the pit, there were ways that you were able to kind of expel some of the energy that the emotions were were creating in you. It was physical. You were screaming, jumping around, hollering, and I think that kind of helped release some of that emotion on screen. Most of us are sitting alone, and we're dealing with those emotions on our own. And I think it's really important to learn how to respond to them correctly. Oh, sure. You know, it was trial and error. It was experience. It was, you got to do it. But, you know, when Ben said, when I asked him about what mature traders possess, um, now this is key to realizing where I am as a trader, what I need to do to get to that level of maturity and how I need to proceed. Well, maturity is really just having the experience to I think, understand when you are becoming emotional, when that emotion is putting you at risk, and then being able to respond correctly. You know, just because you're having an emotion or something is telling you to do something, emotion, fear, they they all are pretty tough to control. It's a matter of changing your habits. And actually, it is a maturation process to be able to respond differently to something you've responded the same way to over and over and and not had good results. If you do that and you mature past that and you change your response to those emotions to an, an action that is more in your best interest, then you're starting to mature as a trader. You know, John, let me ask you, with you being the head uh, trading coach here at Top Step, how much are emotions talked about when when you have those one-on-one coaching sessions? Well, I believe that uh, knowing yourself is equally, if not more important than knowing how markets work. So we spend uh, quite a bit of time on, you know, understanding emotion and uh, and understanding how it can be a barrier to us and how we can also change those emotions and fears into something we can actually use to our advantage. One question I asked Ben was, what did it take before you understood the importance of controlled 
emotions. And I've never been somebody who's necessarily been able to control my emotions. Uh, it's exhausting. There, it takes a lot of energy just to be able to control them. So, you know, in the, in the period of time from leaving the pit to actually trading on screen in a funded account, I kind of had to unlearn some of the uses of emotion that I had in the pit. And I had to change a little bit about how I can respond to those emotions that I'm not necessarily capable of controlling. You know, when I start to get that that fear of missing out, okay, that to me, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to miss it, I'm going to jump in in this in a poor trade location, I'm thinking, okay, I'm feeling this fear of missing out. And time and time again, when I've succumbed to that, I've had a losing trade or a bad trade location. I think to myself, okay, I have this fear of missing out. I need to sit back and think about what I'm doing, make sure that what I'm doing is in my best interest and try and get into that trade in the best location that I can. You know, comparing the the pit emotions to electronic trading emotions, there are a lot of similar emotions, but the thing is there aren't a lot of similar venting routes Mm -hmm. that one could take. Now in the pit, I, I, numerous times, I remember just screaming at the top of my lungs or, you know, a little pushing match, shoving match or hitting a padded rail or, you know, um, not too extreme, but some of the emotions on the floor went way overboard. Oh, of course. You know, sometimes, uh, but of course. it was just part of being on the floor. It's just, uh, it's a very emotion, a lot of stress, a lot of, of kind of duress, really, that you're on on, the, on that trading floor. And we still feel that now. But unfortunately, we don't get the, like you said, the ability to vent it in the same way. You know, I think of a lot of folks when they're trading or hitting their desk or punching a computer screen or something like that. But there's no one, no one there to see it. It's like a, if a tree falls in the woods, doesn't make any sound. And there's nobody there to, to hear it, doesn't make any sound. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's difficult to really let it go. Uh, people will take a walk. People will walk the dog, go have a glass of milk, do something to breathe in and out and kind of release what I call venom. I think the, the emotions that we feel are largely anger, revenge, jealousy, greed. None of them are would be considered good emotions. And I think they create venom inside us. And as long as we hold that venom, we're at risk. And if you can find ways to just kind of let go of what happens and look to the next opportunity, you'll be better off. Well said. Well said. Well, traders, I hope you have some good takeaways from this interview. And John, I thank you very much for joining us here today. It was great to be here, and it was great to hear this interview from Ben. Yeah, Ben. Good stuff coming from our good friend. All right, traders, as always, thank you for spending time with us. And if you enjoyed the interview, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. It helps us reach new traders. And we'll see you next time. John, thanks again. Thank you, Eddie. Take care, everybody. Editing and post-production of this episode was done by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. 
Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.